It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. America's Voice of Reason. Boyd Matheson on Utah's home for elevated conversation. Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Well, the headlines, of course, have been focused on a very busy weekend in the financial sector of America's economy. A bank failure in California really set a number of things spiraling into motion. The federal uh, agencies jumping in to uh, stabilize the markets. The interesting thing to me, though, is beyond the headlines, uh, we have to understand what it is that is happening in the system. What could have prevented it? How do we make sure it doesn't happen again? Most important, what does it mean for you around the kitchen table? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, classic Washington, D.C., we've got the finger-pointing-and-placing-blame game already well underway uh, after the uh, Silicon Valley Bank uh, collapsed over the weekend. And, of course, the uh, government stepping in to ensure that those uh, with deposits there, the individuals, small businesses, uh, were stabilized. They would have access to their funds. And so I want to go through this just a little piece at a time uh, to look at what this is and what this is not and to make sure we understand where we go next. And so often in situations like this, we immediately get into the spin and the whir of it all, and we don't get a real clear understanding of where are we and where do we want to go next and how do we actually get there. So again, as I said, there's a a lot of finger pointing and and blame placing going on already. Elizabeth Warren uh, said, of course, we know whose fault this is, immediately casting aspersions on the Republicans, that it was the changes to the regulatory system in banking that was the cause of this. Uh, Many, many of the uh, banking experts across the country, across the political spectrum, even those who are very pro-heavy regulation in the industry, uh, have come out and said, "Mm, this is not quite that. Uh, It's not as simple as Senator Warren is trying to make it. And so we want to break it down so we can get past all of that. Who's at fault? Uh, and all of that. Let's let's move it forward. And so I want to start with the president. I think everyone agreed that the president had done the right thing uh, in terms of the speech that he delivered this morning, trying to create certainty and confidence from the American people, saying this federal action uh, is going to be uh, good for those uh, who would have been damaged, and it is not going to impact the American taxpayer. Your deposits will be there when you need them. Small businesses across the country, the deposit accounts at these banks can breathe easier knowing they'll be able to pay their workers and pay their bills. No losses will be borne by the taxpayers. Instead, the money will come from the fees that banks pay into the deposit insurance fund. So very important from the president there. One, those who had deposits are going to be kept whole, especially important for the thousands of small businesses uh, that need access to those funds so they can pay their workers. Very important point from the president there. Uh, he also said that it's also important to recognize that there will be no losses for the taxpayers. Uh, he talked about the fees that banks pay in uh, to that FDIC that we often see but never really stop to think about when we go to our banks uh, or we see them online or we hear an advertisement. And so uh, the president said, look, all the banks pay into this 
pool, FDIC, and that's where the money is going to come. Uh, and so it's not going to be additional impact or burden borne by the American taxpayer. The president was also very clear to point out uh, and say this is who is not going to be protected uh, in the bank collapse. Investors in the banks will not be protected. They knowingly took a risk. And when the risk didn't pay off, investors lose their money. That's how capitalism works. So I think that was also very important for the president because immediately one of the political conversations going on was, "Uh uh-oh, here is another big bailout. And I think what the president was really trying to emphasize there that this is not a bailout like we saw about a decade ago uh, when uh, really these banks were kept in check because of the fear it would have on the overall economy. And so the president's saying here, nope, those that invested in these banks are going to lose because that's how capitalism works. And so that was an important component to that. And the debate over whether this is really a bailout or what it is, uh, we'll let the, the politics play that out as we go along. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Uh, the more important thing is what happens and what it means to businesses, especially here al- along the Wasatch Front. Uh, the governor spoke at Silicon Slopes Town Hall this morning, giving his evaluation of the actions that were taken over the weekend and why it was important to stabilizing Utah's banking economy. The, these weren't politicians trying to score political points. Um, these were politicians trying to solve problems. And uh, we, we desperately need more of that. We're, we're not taking a, a victory lap or anything like this. Our, our job is to support you, the entrepreneurs in our state who create the jobs, who keep our economy running. Um, far too often, we're part of the problem. But I hope this weekend we're part of the solution. And so an important point there from the governor. The governor also highlighted one aspect of the federal action, which was really where the president focused as well. And that is the fact that uh, for the many of these businesses, payroll Uh, is the really important part of it. They can keep paying all of those workers. And especially the payroll piece, that's really important to us. We knew that hundreds of businesses were impacted, and that means thousands and thousands of of employees would have been impacted and and could have been devastating to to our state. So that's an important uh, distinction there, and to make sure, again, especially for the Silicon Slopes uh, kind of companies, that are often dependent on that kind of money investment to get off the ground or to grow or to expand and for them to have confidence that they can keep rolling forward. And here's, here's where I think we have to start looking at things a little bit differently in terms of, okay, what happens next? And the, what happens next is really interesting to me because will the, what happens next be centered around things just stabilizing and everyone kind of shrugs their shoulders and say, well, it wasn't my bank and it didn't impact me. So we're going to just keep marching along. 
You'll have some who will play the political game of, okay, now we've either got to add more regulation or bigger regulation or more burdens uh, to be borne uh, by the banking industry. And so some will go down that path. Uh, But the thing that I think we've got to really watch is the kind of the aftershock effect. And that is, will other banks become a little more skittish on what they're investing in? Will they uh, not take risks on some of those startups? Will they not have uh, the money quite so readily available for a business that's getting ready to expand or go international, whatever it might be? And so that's going to be an interesting thing. And that will have impact right here in the state of Utah. If if banks become a little more protective, a little uh, less willing to take a risk uh, and to lean into an opportunity, uh, that's not good because that's limiting jobs. That's limiting growth and economic activity. The other thing we've got to keep our eye on, which will take place about a week for a little over a week from now, and that is when the Federal Reserve gets together again. Many people had anticipated that the Federal Reserve would add another uh, 0.5 to the interest rate, uh, again, trying to curb that uh, inflation. And now we're hearing rumblings. Many of my sources are saying they they may pull back all the way and say, well, there's kind of a ripple uh, going on in the atmosphere here. Maybe we should let that play out first before we start uh, adding more to to interest rates. So that will be interesting. Uh, all of that, of course, is going to impact inflation. And that's what really impacts all of us as we sit around the kitchen table, as we're trying to go through the checkout stand at the grocery store. Uh, as those inflationary pressures continue to mount up, uh, that continues to be a challenge for American families. And all of that to say, as we go round about this, it's so interesting we often talk about this recession word. Uh, we we spoke last Friday um, talking about inflation, talking about what the Federal Reserve is likely to do. And the the analogy that I think we can, should all look at when it comes to the economics is from 35,000 feet, things look pretty good. Things look really good, actually. Uh, the administration is touting the, the jobs numbers. That's a good thing. They should tout that. That's positive. Uh, But I've been told by many that when you get down to the surface and even just one inch under the surface, so not 35,000 feet, when you get under the surface, there's a lot of soft spots and even some holes uh, in the economy. And that's what we're starting to see. And that's where we've got to keep our attention. Uh, Not the shiny objects, not the political fights that will fall out of this bank fall down. It's really what is the economy doing and how do the American people feel about it? The president can't keep saying all is great and wonderful when the American people are feeling that it's not. So often recessions are self-fulfilling prophecies in what the American people are feeling. And so being able to be honest with the American people, be transparent with the American people, have a plan for the American people. That's how we get through these rocky times in terms of the economy, whether that's a bank, whether that's inflation, whether it's the future direction of the country. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. 
Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.